This week, the Americans celebrated Thanksgiving, right? And it's a good idea to celebrate Thanksgiving. They, they particularly are celebrating the fact that they, they got safe to the new, new land and got everything set up there. Uh, but Thanksgiving is an interesting deal over there, right? You have this day that's dedicated every year to thanking God for all that God has given them. And then you have Black Friday. And on Black Friday, the people who have just given thanks for all that they have are killing each other to get more, right? But you know what I noticed this year? This year, we didn't have Thanksgiving, but we did have Black Friday. <laughs> and uh, without even the Thanksgiving, and I mean, I, I, listening on the news in England, and um, there was almost riots in the shops uh, over the, thanks, uh, over the, <clears throat> the um, Black Friday stuff. But <clears throat> here's the thought for us. Thanksgiving is good, not just once a year. It's something that's supposed to dominate our lives, the idea of giving thanks, the idea of looking to the Lord and thanking him uh, for all that he's given us. And it's very easy for us to forget to be thankful. It's very easy for us to neglect it, to just miss it. And we need to draw our attention to it regularly. I'm going to give you some reasons to be thankful. Let let me introduce it by saying this, though. Somebody asked Rudyard Rudyard Kipling uh, to give them uh, one of his 100-pound words. Now, Rudyard Kipling, was bo- he was born, he straddled the, same, the, ni- uh, the, the 18th to, to the 19th century, no, the 19th to the 20th century. He straddled those two centuries. Um, but he was a writer, he was a journalist, he was prose, he wrote poetry, he was very famous. And he was one of those rare artists who became famous and wealthy in his lifetime. He became recognized in his lifetime. And um, some guy walked up to him one day with a 100-pound note and said, listen, they have worked out that every word you write is worth 100 pounds. Right? And so he pulled a hundred pound note, and you can imagine, a uh, hundred pound was a lot of money. And he handed Rudyard Kipling the hundred pound note, and he said, now give me one of your hundred pound words. And Rudyard Kipling took the note, and he began to fold it and put it in his pocket, and he said, thanks. <laughs> now, listen, it's funny, but it's not funny. Thanks is a one hundred pound uh, word. It's one of those words that really counts. It's one of those words that we actually need to use all the time. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Let's have a word of prayer before we do, though. Father, would you bless us as we look to your word today? Uh, Lord, we need you and we need your help. Lord, we can't do it by ourselves. And, Lord, the words of man are not going to help this people. But, Lord, when you take your word and when you set it aflame in our hearts, Lord, when you open the... Uh, eyes that are closed, Lord. And when you turn on the lights that are, that are in darkness, Lord, things happen. Blessed Holy Spirit, would you undertake for us now? Uh, would you allow us to see this morning you and what you have for us uh, in your word? In Jesus' precious name, amen. I want to look at six reasons why you can be thankful uh, this morning. In fact, why you should be thankful. Right? First of all, it's commanded. Now, God doesn't give us commands lightly, ever. And when he gives us a command, you know, he has a reason behind it, and he expects that we're going to obey it, and he enables us to obey it, if we're willing. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, if God were to tell you what his will for your life was, you'd be, you'd be excited, wouldn't you? Many people spend a lot of time wondering and, and teasing and asking and praying, what is God's will for my life? If God told you that he wanted you to do some great thing, 
He wanted you to start some great organization or do something that was going to be notable amongst men. You'd be honored by it. And you'd probably get, get to it and do it with all your heart. We know that it's God's will for us that we're to be thankful. We know that we're supposed to give thanks and in everything. Now, let me ask you a question. If we know God's will in one area that seems small to us, but it's not as small as we think it is. If we know God's area in that one will, and if we're not willing to do God's will in that one area, how's he going to show us his will in bigger areas in our lives? See, it is the will of God for us that we give thanks in everything. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give thanks uh, in all things. Hebrews 13 verse 15 uh, says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. There's a a close connection here between what we're doing in our song service, praising God, and giving thanks. So what we're doing is we're giving God thanks for who he is and for what he is and for his power in our lives. We're actually giving thanks to him and we're remembering to do it. Uh, We're to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Like that's to be continuous in our lives, not just one day in a week as the American, one day in the year as the Americans do. By the way, if they ever ask you, do you have Thanksgiving, and you're a Christian, you ought to say, yeah, all the time. <clears throat> that you have Thanksgiving all the time, because you're supposed to. We, we don't just dedicate one day for it, we're supposed to have Thanksgiving uh, all the time. Now, second reason that you ought to get, be thankful is because it's not our natural way. We don't naturally give thanks naturally the drift of our mind and our heart is always downward, isn't it? You know, if we just let it go, you know, <clears throat> we don't think thankful thoughts, what we, what we forget to be thankful. It's not our way. <clears throat> Jesus uh, healed ten lepers on one occasion. <clears throat> and um, they came to him. Uh, they were lepers. They were separated from society. They were uh, living in the world apart from society. And he just, with a word, healed them all transformed their lives, changed their lives completely. They had been the outcasts of society, unfit uh, to be around, and all of a sudden they're changed. And here's the uh, second part of the story. Uh, Luke 17, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Uh, And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Sorry. I'm going the wrong way here. And Jesus answering said, Where are the, we're not ten cleansed, uh, but where are the nine? Uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So what happens here? Jesus heals ten of them. One guy comes back, and by the way, he's a stranger, he's a Samaritan, uh, by his... Um, <clears throat> Because of the place he was born, he was the off-scars, scarring of the earth anyway. But he's the one that comes back to thanks, thank Jesus. And nine forget. Nine don't bother. Now, you know what? I'm sure some of them thought they should. I'm sure some of them thought they were going to get around to it after a while. But they never came back. Now, can you imagine? Your life is totally transformed, and you forget to come back and give thanks. Now... I, I, I wish I could say that I was better, that, that we were better than the ten lepers. But you know what? I don't think we are. 
And I think by nature, uh, we tend to forget, we tend to uh, let the good things that happen in our lives and the blessings that happen in our lives kind of just get assimilated into life and we forget to give thanks for them. I think that's just the, the, the very nature uh, of humanity. Uh, <clears throat> Warren Wiersbe said this. He said uh, in his commentary on Colossians, he told about a ministerial student in Evanston, Illinois, who was part of a life-saving squad. In 1860, a ship went aground on the shore of Lake Michigan near Evanston, and Sp- Edward Spencer waded again and again into the frigid waters to rescue 17 passengers. In the process, his health was permanently damaged. Some years later, at his funeral, it was noted that not one of the people he rescued ever thanked him. Now, that's hard, isn't it? But here's what you have to do. You have to notice, listen, my nature is such that I won't be thankful unless I remember to be thankful. My nature is such that I'm going to forget to be thankful Unless I remember it, unless I may <clears throat> make a point of it. You, you have to remember to be thankful. You have to purpose to be thankful. I mean, you can hear this sermon, you can say, oh, that's the only pastor's right. Should be more thankful. And you can walk out the doors and do nothing about it, and you know what's going to happen? Nothing. What needs to happen for us is we need to say, oh, hold on a minute. I need to remember to be thankful and we need to start to be thankful and we need to remember to be thankful in all things. And what we're going to find is we're going to find a huge impact on our lives if we'll do it. Um, but it won't happen accidentally and it won't happen just because you, you had a good idea. You're going to have to put it into practice in your life. You're going to have to decide uh, to be thankful. Um, third reason is because it blesses people. <clears throat> now, um, <clears throat> Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And Ephesians chapter 4 is talking about the old man and the new man and the change that happens. And it says, Be ye kind one to another. Now, I could not find any occasion where the Bible, strictly speaking, said for you to be thankful to each other. But you know what? It's really important to people that we actually thank them for the things that we do. It's important to you, isn't it? Isn't it important when you do something that somebody recognizes that you did it, that somebody is thankful to you? Um, In his autobiography, Breaking Barriers, uh, Carl Rowan tells about a teacher who greatly influenced his life. Rowan relates, Miss Thompson reached into her desk drawer and pulled out a piece of paper containing a quote attributed to uh, such and such an architect. I listened intently as she read, Make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood and probably themselves will not be realized. Make big plans. Aim high in hope and work. Remember that our sons and grandsons are going to do things that would stagger us. So he's in school as a kid. Teacher pulls this out from her desk and reads him this quote. More than 30 years later, I gave a speech in which I said that Francis Thompson had given me a desperately needed belief in myself. A newspaper printed the story and someone mailed the clipping to the beloved teacher. Uh, She wrote me, you have no idea what that newspaper story meant to me. For years I endured my brother's arguments that I had wasted my life, that I should have married and had a family. When I read that you gave me credit for helping to launch a marvelous career, I put the clipping in front of my brother. After he'd read it, I said, you see, I didn't really waste my life, did I? So here he is for 30 years. He's carrying something in his heart that this teacher did for him. He's never mentioned it to her, by the way. And finally she gets to hear it. And it 
has a huge impact upon our life because somebody said thanks. You know, there are a lot of people that serve you in your life, that help you in your life, that, that work. And, you know, <clears throat> being thankful is really about being mindful about what they're doing for you. And, and it costs nothing for you to be thankful. It costs nothing for you to send a text saying thank you for that. Uh, it costs nothing for you to just remind somebody of the blessing they've been in your life. And, you know, those people that serve you, it's amazing how often nobody thanks them. You have a mother who puts up meal after meal after meal in the home. And everybody just takes it as normal. Nobody remembers to thank her for it. But there are things in your life that, you know what, take them away when there's no food on the table. I mean, that's hard, isn't it? <laughs> um, one, of the th- one of the things, by the way, thank you those that clean the church, right? W- one of the things about the church is all of us love the church being clean, but we don't really notice because it's supposed to be clean on Sunday morning when we come in, isn't it? But if you ever come in here, and I have on occasion come in here, and the, the schedule got messed up and the cleaners never got here, you know what, then you really notice. You know, <clears throat> but we need to be thankful to people for the things they do in our lives. We need to remember to be thankful. It doesn't cost us anything, but you know what? It can be a huge blessing in somebody's life for us to be thankful. Now, let me put a warning on this. And <clears throat> here's, I think, maybe why you don't find a direct command to be thankful to people uh, in the Bible. Here's the thing. If you, <clears throat> if you do things <clears throat> so that other people uh, will thank you, you may find yourself being disappointed and may become, becoming bitter. You see, it's right for us to thank people for doing things in our lives, but it's wrong for us to be hanging out waiting for people to thank us. Because what, what, what happens is when we're waiting for people to thank us, we get fed up. We get irritated and bothered. You know, nobody cares and nobody thanks me and it doesn't matter and you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm just doing nothing and nobody notices. Uh, and we can end up stopping doing things that are good. What we need to do is we need to do all our service as unto the Lord. And if people are going to thank you, that's a bonus. That's a blessing. So two sides to it, right? If you're on the receiving end of it, make sure to be thankful. But if you're on the giving end of it, do it as unto the Lord. And if somebody thanks you, that's great. And if they don't thank you, that's fine too. Because otherwise, you end up serving so that people will notice and notice you. And you lose the blessing of the whole thing and you lose the reward in the whole thing. Do your service as unto the Lord. And he is able to have people thank you as, <clears throat> as it's right and as it's needful. Right? Number four is <clears throat> because it brings peace to your heart. Now, being thankful has some deep work that it does in our hearts. And you say, can you explain it, Pastor? Well, no, I really can't explain how it happens. I know that God created this whole world and God created us and he created us with a plan and part of the plan was thankfulness. This issue of thankfulness is not something that's kind of, you know, God dreamt up in the New Testament. This is something that goes all through the Bible. God wants us to be thankful. God, God wants us to recognize what he's done for us and to be thankful. Now, I'm not sure how much of an impact it has on God. But I know this. It has a huge impact on us. It has a huge impact upon our hearts when when we're thankful. Um, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Being thankful and having the peace of God ruling in your hearts are connected. 
somehow. You're not going to have peace if you're not thankful. You see, you can look at life from several ways. But you, know, you can look at this issue you know, one of two ways. You know, well, look, what have I got to be thankful for? I've got all these problems. I've got all these issues in my life. I've got all these difficulties. Well, what have I got to be thankful for? Or you can look at your life and say, hang on a minute, I've got all these blessings. And even, even the things that don't seem to me blessings, you know what? They're there from the hand of God. They're things I need to be thankful for as well. Because the command is, in everything, give thanks. That we're to give thanks at all things. <clears throat> that, so that even when we don't see the, the situation as being good, we're still supposed to give thanks in the situation. And, and that becomes life-changing for us because we, we, we begin to have a peace in our hearts. Now, how, how can we have a peace in our hearts? Because here's what happens. We recognize this is my Father's world. I am in His hand. Nothing is happening to me this week that God hasn't taken and examined and said, you know what, that's a fit in Dave's life. That's actually going to be good for him. Yeah, I'm going, to let that, I'm going to let that into his life. Now, it may not on first sight appear in my life as though it's good. It may not appear as though it's fun, but you know what? My Heavenly Father has decided it's what's needed in my life. And on that basis, I can be thankful for it. Now, and here's what happens. Either I'm thankful for it and recognize his hand in my life, or I'm a victim. Look, why does it always happen to me? <clears throat> you know, uh, oh, I, I have the worst luck in the world. Bad things happen to me all the time. It's just, it's just, a, you know, just the way my life is. I know what's wrong with me. I, I, I become a victim. Either I've got a loving Heavenly Father who is putting things in my life because He loves me and because they're best for me, or what I've got is I'm just a victim. Things are happening in my life. And when I give thanks, I turn the table on the whole thing. When I give thanks for what God is doing, it changes in my life. Um, look at Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Right? So we're not to worry about anything. Instead of worrying, we're <clears throat> with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving is key in that there. You know, now, the idea of Philippians chapter 4 is you've got problems. Yeah? You know, what, why, are, why are you praying about them if you haven't got problems? You've got problems, you've got issues, you've got things that are bothering you. You're worrying about them. Right? And he says, well, listen, I don't want you to worry about them. I want you to take them and bring them to me with thanksgiving. Now, if you miss the thanksgiving, you're going to miss the power of that passage. You've got to come to the place in your head where you're giving thanks. Where you're recognizing, no, oh, my Heavenly Father has looked at this, He's examined it, and He, he, he thinks it's good in my life, and he's, he, he's led it into my life on that basis. And you give thanks for it, and, and then the peace of God which passeth all understanding. It's the peace of God that's not connected to your circumstances. It's the peace of God that passes all understanding that's different. A peace of God that doesn't have a, that, 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 that is not connected to how things are going in your life, and you're walking around and you've got this peace. You've got a difficult situation, but you've got this peace. My Father's world, He's in control. It's in His hand. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. You've got this peace because God is in the situation. God is taking care of it. 
it, it, it changes the thing completely for you. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me read you some quotes here, right? Uh, these are both from Anne Voskamp. Life change comes when we receive life with thanks and ask for nothing to change. I wonder, could you do that today? Could you receive life with thanks and not ask for changes? Lord, I need this. And Lord, I need this. And Lord, I want you to change that. And oh, Lord, this, this situation is unbearable. When we receive life with thanks, Lord, you got it right. You've given me exactly what I need. Lord, if I needed more uh, to serve you, you'd have given it to me. And Lord, I'm thanking you for what you've given me today. Because that's exactly what I need. Voskam <clears throat> um, <clears throat> says this, How my eyes see perspective is my key to enter into his gates. I can only do so with thanksgiving. If my inner eye has God seeping up through all things, I love that. If my inner eye has God seeping up through all things, I think half the time we're atheists. There is no God. Half the time we're living life as though there is no God. You know, this, this is terrible. This is, and I'm living on just this horizontal plane and there's no involvement of God. But if I come to the place where through thanksgiving, I begin to see, my inner eye begins to see God seeping up through all things. I, then can't I give thanks for anything? And if I can give thanks for the good things, the hard things, uh, the absolute, then absolutely everything, I can enter into the gates of glory. <clears throat> Living in his presence is fullness of joy, and seeing shows the way in. You know what? If I can actually see God in all those situations that to me are not what I want, that to me are, you know, <clears throat> difficult, but if I could see God working in all those things, can't I have joy? in spite of the circumstances? You see, this is not just a rote prescription. You know, this is not your catechism. You know? <clears throat> Remember your catechism when you were a kid? And you are to give thanks. It's not, this is not in your catechism. This is God telling, I want you to be thankful. And by the way, there's huge benefits involved in it. Wake up and grab it, because there's great benefits involved in it. You can either choose to live your life as a victim. Bad things just happen to me. Or you can live life as a thankful Christian. My Heavenly Father is at work in my life. And He's doing all the things I need Him to do. He's taking care of me. He's, he's meeting the needs uh, of my life. All right, then, number five. <clears throat> because God is grieved with our ungratefulness. God is grieved with our ungratefulness. Now, <clears throat> sometimes it amazes me the impact God's people have upon God. You, know, you, you, you want to ask yourself, he's God. He's got everything he wants. He's, he's perfect, he's complete, he's whole. You know, how could I have any impact on him? But we do. We have an impact upon God. And we definitely have an impact upon God in this area of thankfulness. First uh, <clears throat> Corinthians 10 verse 9. And this is what it's doing is, it's a New Testament passage that's springing off an Old Testament passage. And what happens in the Old Testament at, at, at this point is this. that the, uh, the nation of Israel in the wilderness, they're constantly complaining. They're constantly moaning. You know, they're constantly upset. They're constantly looking for the leeks and the onions. They're going back to Egypt. You know, they're fed up. Moses is a terrible leader. Where's God taking them? And, you know, they're constantly coming. After all God had done in destroying Egypt and setting the way for them to come out, they're still complaining. They're still moaning. They're still giving out and complaining. And this passage comes right at, uh, off that story, right? Um, Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also temp uh, tempted who were destroyed of serpents. 
Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Because that when they knew God, sorry, <clears throat> let me stop there, First Corinthians, right? Here's, here's the thing, those things were written for us. Isn't that amazing? But that's the kind of God we serve. He has something happen in the Old Testament. He writes a story about it. And he writes a story about it for uh, <clears throat> Lifegate Bible Baptist Church uh, in <clears throat> the 21st century. It applies right here, right now, to us. Now, his, his, what was happening in Israel's life was not fun. Right? They, they left Egypt. They were moving from place to place. They had to take up the tents. And they moved on to the next place. And they pitched the tents. And then they moved on. To, they were eating manna. I, 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 you know, listen, I love to taste manna. But not for 40 years. I, I, you know, really, really, I, I don't have any, any desire to live on the same food for 40 years. Somebody said that Moses, if Moses had a cookbook, it would be called A Thousand and One Ways to Cook Manna. Right? And uh, I, I, I have no desire uh, to eat it for that kind of time. Right? And they lived on manna for 40 years. That is boring. Well, what do you think we're trying to do in the men's home, Simon? Let, let, let's get one good food, and we'll just serve that same food morning, for lunch, and for evening. Right? I mean, the guys are rebelling in their hearts already, right? The same as any of the rest of us would, right? <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. You know, you know we, we like variety. They didn't have variety. They were wandering around, uh, they were eating this manna. Now, God, God had given it to test them. There was a purpose to it. It didn't just happen. God, God had given them this food to test them. It was perfectly nourishing. Everything was right about it. He had given it to test them. But they're wandering around having it, and they're complaining, and they're moaning, and they're giving out, and they're discontent. Let me ask you, how much time did you spend this week murmuring and complaining about the things God has given you in your life? And he hasn't asked you to wander around from place to place for 40 years, and he hasn't asked you to live on just manna. You've got a whole lot more than that. But you know the natural bent of the fallen human heart is to complain. That's, that's what we are by nature. We complain, and we moan. Now, understand it. God was very upset with them. They died in the wilderness because of it. That's really why they died. They died in the wilderness because they complained and they moaned and they, you know, they, 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 they refused to be satisfied. They refused to be thankful. And, and he says, listen, this was written for you, for me, so that we would learn from it. Now, if that's the truth, I want to turn this thing upside down. I want to be thankful. I want to learn the <clears throat> biblical discipline of being thankful, because I think that's what it is. I think it's a discipline. It's not something that I have by nature, and it's not something that you have by nature. It's a biblical discipline. And you know, <clears throat> we can get into bad habits, can't we? It's amazing how quickly we can take, in, take on a bad habit, isn't it? We can just kind of slip into a bad habit. But you know what? <clears throat> the reality is, you can get into bad habits, and you can get into good habits. You can actually change this thing in your life. And Voskamp wrote a book, and the book <clears throat> was A Thousand Gifts. And the challenge in the book that she took herself first and transformed her life, and the challenge that she gives out is for you to write down 1,000 gifts that God has given you. 1,000 blessings in your life. Now listen, and some of them may be very small, some of them may be very large, and you don't have to sit down and write them all 
uh, today, okay? Uh, you, you can take some time to write them, but write down a thousand gifts that God has given you. And you know what will happen? You'll find there are so many blessings. And you'll find that even in some of the hard things in your life, there's a blessing. It's a gift, because remember, this is our Father's world. He's at work in all of it. He's dealing with us in every part of it. But <clears throat> I'll tell you, if you want to develop a new habit of thinking and a new way of living, start that challenge. Start writing down a thousand. Just a thousand gifts that God has given you. Just, just start working your way through it. You, you'll be amazed at how many things and how many blessings there are in your life. And you know what? When you start writing them down, you can't help but give thanks for them. We've got blessings, <clears throat> unbelievable blessings, right? <clears throat> All right? Now, Romans one twenty one says this, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, this is one of the most somber passages in all of Scripture. Romans chapter 1. It's talking about the fall uh, <clears throat> of humanity. And it goes on to, the, to, to make this dreadful statement, Wherefore God gave them up. And you know, the last thing you want in the whole world is for God to ever give you up. Right? <clears throat> but what happened to these people was, God gave them up. And do you know why God gave them up? Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. Do you know that everybody on this planet has a testimony, a witness of the reality of God? doesn't matter what they say. <clears throat> you, you have to hide from it. The Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And what somebody has done is he's told them that there is no God. There is no God. There is no God. I won't believe in a God. Everybody on this planet knows there's a God. Because he wrote it for us. You know, he, he wrote it in the heavens. He, he wrote it in nature. He, he's written it in all kinds of places for us. He's shown us that he's there. Our, our, our natural, normal reasoning rapidly comes to the place where we say... There had to be a designer. This thing is so complex, there had to be a designer. <clears throat> and that, that's God's introduction, if you like, to us. And then he gives us his word, so that we can know more about him. So that we can know all that we need to know. So it's there for all of us. But you know what? He never forces us. We can either choose to know him, or we can choose to say, no, I don't want to know him. And honestly, it's a choice. Then you say, well, if, if I don't know him, how would I get to know him? Well, well it's really simple. What you've got to do is recognize yourself. You've got to get, you get a reality jolt, a reality shock. You've got to recognize you're a sinner. Now, you're not a sinner in that you know you kind of sometimes have a slip and you sometimes do something wrong. Right, you're a sinner who's doing your own thing, living your own life apart from God. And God says, I know you are. And because of what you've done, you deserve hell. But God says this. He says, I love you. And I want you to come back to me. And if you'll trust what my son did on the cross 2,000 years ago as the payment for your sin, I will take you back and I will make you my son and give you a home in heaven and send my spirit to dwell within you. Isn't that glorious? It's a choice, though. You either choose to come to the place where you recognize yourself as a sinner in need of a savior and you cry out to him, but what you do is you choose to live your own life doing your own thing. And, and God, who's omnipotent and can do anything he likes, will let you. He will let you. He does not want you coming if he has to force you. He makes this great gift available and he says, it's yours, take it. But if you don't want to take it, he's not going to force you to. And you know, 
The dreadful thing in Romans chapter 1 is that these people, when they knew God glorified and not as God, neither were thankful, and wherefore God gave them up. And they go down and down and down in the passage. And maybe there's somebody here this morning, and you're listening, and you're hearing the gospel for the first time, and you're going to make a choice. And your choice is going to be either I'm going to receive him as my Savior, or I'm going to say no. And I'm going to go to the place where God says, okay, have it your way. Have your life your own way then. And listen, of all the terrible things I can think that could happen to you, that's the worst. When God would say, just have it your way. Listen, but on the other hand, he says to you, come. I love you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, that's too simple. Oh, yes, I understand. For us, it's very simple. You say, D- don't I have to do something? Well, well, I could have you run around the building five or six times, uh, but that has no part of salvation. Everything that needed to be done was done on a cross 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, Who in his own body bear our sins on the tree. Everything that needed to be done was done. There's nothing for you to do except receive the gift. And you could do it today. You could do it today and you could be sure you were his. You could be sure <clears throat> that <clears throat> he had changed it all and that your heart uh, was different because you're his. You see, <clears throat> our ungratefulness grieves God. Don't live your life in that place. Let, let me say this too. <clears throat> Being ungrateful for those of you that are believers kills faith. You know what you'll find? You'll find people who are very strong in faith. They see God in everything. You know why they see God in everything? Because they thank God in everything. And so they see God in everything. And, <clears throat> and you know, th- 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 there is a reality that you, know, <clears throat> you can have uh, problems with your faith vision. You know, if I take my glasses off, I can see you all, but you're blurs. <clears throat> you know, uh, I, 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 I could probably recognize e- each one of you, but I can't see you clearly. But when I put my glasses on, I can see you clearly. Now, here's what happens with faith. When we depend upon God by faith, we see things clearly. When I give thanks in one thing, you know what? I see other things that he's done. And I give thanks in those things. I see other things that he's done. And what happens is, very quickly I'm coming to the place where in everything in my life, his hand's all over it. He's doing stuff all the time, and I can see it now. Because I'm giving thanks. When I'm ungrateful, what happens is, I'm not seeing God. And the less I see God, the less I see God. And my faith gets damaged, gets hindered. And also, what can happen is that when you're not thankful... You can get bitter. You can get bitter. You can listen. You can look at the problems in your life and you can listen. You can just start reaming off the problems. You know somebody like that? Somebody who whenever you talk to them, you know what? They, they ream off the problems. And there's this problem. And there's that problem. And I got this wrong. And I got that wrong. And I got the other wrong. And you ask them, have you anything to be thankful for? Not that I can think of. You can get like that. You can get bitter. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Complaint, somebody said, is the bitter howl of unbelief in any benevolent God in this moment. A distrust in the love beat of the Father's heart. When I'm complaining, I'm saying, God, you don't care about me. 
Because if you cared about me, this wouldn't be happening. If you loved me, I wouldn't be having this problem in my life. It's a declaration that, you know what, God doesn't care. And He does. He cares about you this morning if you're His child, and He cares about you this morning if you're not His child. He cares. He has demonstrated His love. Unequivocally. There's no way, there's no way for us to deny it. He has demonstrated His love. Listen, He cares. Don't let's for a moment let the enemy come in with the lie that God doesn't care. He cares. Start seeing His hand. And what will happen is, you begin to practice the reality of thankfulness and what happens is, you begin to realize the power of God and everything that's happening in your life and the hand of God. As He touches everything in your life, you begin to realize all that God is in your situation. Because he's in it. He's involved. And you're not a victim. You've got a God who loves you. Number six. Because it will protect you from sin. Look at these verses. Ephesians 5.3 But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. The Bible often does this. It puts two thoughts in opposition to each other. Okay, there's all this sin or thankfulness. Really, that's the way it is. You, you learn to live a thankful life. You learn to live the reality of, you know what, God is involved in my life. God is doing stuff in my life. God's doing good stuff in my life all the time. Even when it's hard, God's doing good stuff. And you're thanking God and you're living your life where you're thanking God and you're, and you're, you're blessing your peace. You know what? Sin is not that attractive anymore. When God's very present and very real, you don't want to go off and do wrong stuff. Because you're enjoying His presence. You're enjoying the reality of having God in your life. When you're seeing Him as being the reality, you know what? The devil and sin and all that junk that's out there, you know what? It doesn't have that much power to draw you. Because what you got with God is much better. What you got in this relationship is much better. But you see, the relationship... A huge part of that relationship is you purposing in your heart to be thankful. You purposing in your heart to give thanks. You deciding, I'm going to purposefully see God in things and thank Him for it. And what you'll find is, it kind of gathers momentum in your life. Listen, this can transform your life. Just this. This one message can transform your life if you take it and run with it, and I guarantee you, God will be in it if you run with it. He'll help you. But if you take it and run with it, <clears throat> you're going to find this is this will transform your life. Anybody here this morning who's living a successful Christian life has a measure of this sorted out in their lives. They're thankful. Anybody here? If you're here this morning and you spend most of your time harping on the things you don't have, you're not going to be very successful in the Christian life. I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. I'm not saying you're not trying to do right. But if you harp on all the problems that you have in your life and the difficulties and the issue and don't look to the blessings and don't learn to be thankful and learn to be thankful in a growing way. You know, you may start off being thankful and you may see some things in your life, but I'm not sure I can be thankful for that. Maybe you can't be thankful for that right now, but I guarantee you, if you let God work in your life, you'll come to the place where you can be thankful for that. You come to the place where you can be thankful for the difficult issues too. Because God's in them. And you know what? If God's in it, it's good. Even if it doesn't feel good, it's good. 
Let me read you another Anne Voskamp quote as we close, right? Jesus embraced his not enough. He gives thanks. And there is more than enough. More than enough. Eucharisteo, that's giving thanks, always precedes the miracle. And who doesn't need a miracle like that every day? Thanksgiving makes time. The real problem of life is never a lack of time. The real problem of life in my life is lack of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving creates abundance and the miracle of, of multiplying happens when I give thanks. It's giving thanks to God for us for this moment that multiplies the moments. Time made enough. I am thankful. I am timeful. And, and here's what she does. She jumps off a couple of passages. One, Jesus has 5,000 people looking to be fed. He's got five loaves, he's got two fishes. It's impossible. But he gives thanks. And he passes it around. And all of a sudden, miraculously, there's enough. And that's the principle involved in this thing. When you give thanks, God takes those things that are not enough in your life and he makes them enough. All of a sudden it works. All of a sudden it comes together. Now you got this wonderful thing in, the, in you called a free will. And you can sit where you are and you can say, yeah, that's interesting. I must think about it sometime. Or you can sit where you are and you can say, you know what? The Spirit of God is bearing witness with my spirit that that's the truth. I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. I am going to be purposed to be thankful in my life. I'm going to do it purposefully. I'm going to get myself a little notebook and write things down. I'm going to find a note in my uh, my phone. And I'm going to write. I'm going to find some way of recording all the blessings God brings into my life. And I'm telling you, you are going upward when you do that. The choice is yours. Either you can let the old nature have its way and you can harp on the not enough. Harp on the things where you don't have enough. Where you don't have this and you don't have that or you don't have the other. Or you can by faith say, no, God said I'm to be thankful and I'm going to be thankful for all the enough things. And what you're going to find is there is enough. There's more than enough. There's plenty. Because God didn't shortchange you. God gave you everything you need. Everything. And you can be content. He may give you more. He may give you a lot more. That's up to Him. But right now, today, He's given you enough. And when you begin to let that reality dawn in your heart, it changes your life. Completely. Let's be a thankful people. Not just on one day in the year. Not just on one day in the week. But every day. Let's be a thankful people for all that God has done for us. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, teaching us, Lord. Thank you for the reminder to, to those that need to be reminded. Uh, thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of those that haven't seen it before. And we thank you, Lord, for uh, drawing those that don't know you, Lord, into that sweet place, Lord, 
uh, of seeing salvation. Now, Lord, I do pray, Lord. We have no confidence in the flesh, either mine or anybody else's here. But, Lord, we have confidence in you and in your blessed spirit. And, Lord, we need to be a thankful people. Lord, we know it. We see it. Oh, would you bless. May there a sweet sacrifice of the lips giving praise to you, thanking you, Lord, go up from this church throughout this week, Lord, that is going to change hearts and change lives and going to be a sweet savor to you. Now, Lord, would you bless? Would you just put your hand upon us? Would you bring us into that sweet place? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Let me ask you two questions. First question is this. Would you make a commitment to God that this week you're going to plan to be thankful? Maybe you're going to write a note down. Maybe you're going to do it some other way, but you're going to plan to be thankful this week. If if the Spirit of God has spoken to you and you'd make a commitment like, like that, let me ask you to lift your hand. Any others? Don't 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 miss it. Making a decision in your heart is important stuff. You're you're going to commit this week to be thankful. That you're going to find opportunity and you're going to look to God for being thankful. All right. Now one other question: You're here this morning and you're not saved, but the Spirit of God is drawing you. The Spirit of God is drawing you to Himself because God loves you. You know, God brought you here for such a time as this to to do work in your heart. But you're here and you're not saved and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved, but I want to be. I'm not born again, but I want to be. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Anybody at all? Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for your <clears throat> the blessing upon our lives uh, of your word and the freedom to hear your word. And Lord, would you take these that have raised a hand and Lord, even that have made a, those that have made a commitment in their heart. And Lord, would you do a work that's going to find its way into lives and into changing lives. And we'll thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.